This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to the Keeping Carlson Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name is Ben Burnett, and joining me, Louis Ezekiel. Louis, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, Ben. Very excited to be here for another episode of Short Shifts. Yeah, and uh, you know, we're back here as usual, Tuesday and Thursday evenings we record so that you have something to wake up to Wednesday and Friday mornings. And basically on Short Shifts, we're trying to bring you a twice-weekly show with news, takes, analysis. Tonight we're going to talk about a few headlines, and later on we're going to talk about a couple of goaltenders that you may want to look at either adding or cutting from your roster. If we don't talk about a player that you want to hear more about, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at ShortShiftsKK or by joining the Keepin' Carlson Patreon Discord group. We have channels for all types of topics, and there are a ton of experienced fantasy managers talking hockey all the time. It's a fantastic resource to get advice from the smartest fantasy hockey crowd in the world. All right, Lewis, let's get into the show, though. And first, I want to. I think we need to talk about Vegas. Uh, the biggest story, I think, in the NHL today: a COVID outbreak in the Vegas Golden Knights locker room. Alex Petrangelo on the COVID nineteen list right now. Uh, what are the fantasy implications of this, Lewis? So obviously, it's super unfortunate, and this is just sort of the story of the season: is that we've got to start a lot of our episodes talking about the latest uh, COVID outbreaks. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, our number one concern is that Vegas takes the necessary precautions to keep players, staff, and families safe. Um, but as it relates to our fantasy teams, you know, they were going to have a big layoff here Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off before coming back on Monday, uh, February 1st. So something that we can look at there uh, is that you may have had some players that you were going to have, you know, <clears throat> you may have had some Vegas players that you were considering dropping anyway over that long break. Really, I think you got to hold, uh, obviously, you know, those higher-end players. There's no reason just to drop them because they're going to be off for a few games. I was talking to Elon earlier today. He's been updating the schedule on his uh, keepingcarlson.com slash tools, the schedule manager. He says a lot of these games are being added back in in February and March, so it'll still occur during our fantasy hockey season. Um, But if you have players like Alex Tuck, who's 19% owned on Yahoo, uh, Martinez, who's rostered on 23% of teams, maybe even Wild Bill Carlson, who's rostered on 47% of teams right now, if you're desperate to win your your week, these might have been players that you were going to drop anyway, and now you've got a little bit of extra motivation. Uh, If Vegas can't play next week, they'd miss two games against the Sharks and two against LA. I don't want to speculate too much uh, as far as the LA Kings games. but for the Sharks, you know, there's only really six Sharks worth rostering. Uh, so if you have anyone other than Burns, Carlson, Meyer, Kane, Couture, and Hurdle, 
Uh, I would imagine that you should be dropping those players. You should be dropping them anyway because they have a similar weekend break that Vegas has. So all told, you know, outside of potentially Petrangelo, if he's going to be out for a while longer, this is kind of a limited impact uh, in terms of a COVID outbreak compared to some of the other ones that we've seen so far. I'm not sure that I agree with you here. Um, the, in particular, I was starting to look at Ryan Donato in San Jose playing on that line with Couture and LeBanc, uh, first line in San Jose. That's That was an interesting guy who was starting to creep up on my uh, radar. And just in general, the Sharks and the Knights had such good schedules looking ahead to next week. We still don't know necessarily here whether their uh, two-game slate will be canceled, but Definitely just something to keep your eye on. I think before I made any drops, you're going to wait to find out what is happening to the schedule. And hopefully, you know, if those games are canceled, you may have to drop some players if you're in a tight matchup, like Lewis said. But, you know, you want to make sure that you have the most up-to-date information possible before making a decision. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But let's talk about some players who are going to actually be playing games here. Ben, I think you had a couple guys you want to discuss from Winnipeg. Well, unfortunately, the Winnipeg schedule isn't so great the rest of this week either, but they do have one more game on Saturday. Um, but I think that there's a guy right now in in Winnipeg who, if he's on your roster in a deeper, or if he's on the waiver wire in a deeper league, you need to go out and take a look at getting Andrew Kopp onto your roster. Four points on Tuesday, nine points in his last five games, playing on that second line with Nikolai Ehlers and Paul Stasny. The nice thing about Andrew Kopp the last couple of years is he's had a huge uptick in ice time, and that's the sort of thing that you see when players like that break out. Guys like Tom Wilson or guys, uh, Brian Rust was an example last year who just saw a nice little uptick in minutes, moved up the lineup, able to play on a bit more of a scoring line, and, and that does raise the ceiling quite a bit. I think that that makes Kopp an upside add, but I, I would be careful and expecting it to continue because there is always the chance that Pierre-Luc Dubois' arrival shifts Cop that that Cop becomes the odd man out in Winnipeg. But for now, I think as a stream or even as a, a short-term ad with uh, with your eyes to the future, especially if you play in a categories league, because because Cop adds some multi-cad value there. I just think that this is a, a nice spot for Andrew Cop, and I I think that he has he has the opportunity here to make a difference in in Winnipeg. Yeah, he's playing alongside one of the hottest players in the NHL right now, and Nick Ehlers, you know, a guy who just has been so unbelievably productive without ever really getting a sniff on that top power play. Uh, What's he going to have to do to get a shot? I don't know, Um, but you can't argue with the production that we're seeing from him right now. Yeah, and the other guy on that line, Paul Stasny, is on a, a fair amount of waiver wires considering how good he's been these last three games. Six points in his last three, two multi point games in there. Playing on that top power play unit, in addition to getting that second line with Ehlers and Cop, Paul Stasny has been really good, and I think that this is another speculative ad. Again, the Jets only play one more time this week, so don't go too crazy if you if you need games played to win this week. But he might be worth uh, holding on to for now and finding out what ends up happening and what changes on that top unit when PLD gets into town. Because Paul Stasny, if he's able to maintain some of his deployment might be an interesting season-long hold. Yeah, you know, I'd be pretty surprised if we see it. I imagine he would get bumped down to that third-line center. But, you know, Elon's little mantra this season is don't be too overconfident about players coming on to new teams because we've seen in several instances 
that it hasn't worked out quite as smoothly as we've all sort of expected. So just keep an eye on that one. All right, Lewis, what's our next headline here? So we got to talk about another Wolverine, back-to-back Wolverines here with Cop and now Tyler Mott. Tyler Mott's gone berserk with three goals in his last two games. He's playing on line four, still clocking in with 16 and a half minutes a night, and he's pacing for over 300 hits. So uh, really great output right here. Um, But I'm going to toss some cold water on this. I feel like unless you're in a Cats League counting hits uh, where he can give those to you and then occasionally supply some scoring stats like he's doing right now, I think you say thanks for the points and you stream them out at your convenience. Um, You know, I'm happy to eat my words if I'm wrong, but this seems a bit like a blip on the radar. You know, Vancouver scored 11 goals in the last two games. And if Mott's going to keep being relevant outside of those categories, leagues with hits, uh, I think he's going to need, you know, seven goals a game to continue to stay relevant in scoring. Um, You know, even with those increased minutes, I just... uh, I think when that top line starts to kind of put it together and we're already seeing Elias Patterson kind of turn things around a little bit, uh, I think we're going to see fewer opportunities for players who are on line four, regardless of the number of minutes they're getting. Yeah, I think that, that is the, that's the issue with Tyler Modest. He's just not going to score at a, at a huge rate. You do like to see he is, again, similar to Andrew Cobb, seeing a nice uptick in minutes, and despite being on that fourth line, is playing like a middle six or even like a second liner, so, uh, so far anyway, this far into, thus far into the season. Uh, Vancouver's been you know notori- notoriously uh, awful defensively, so maybe that's Travis Green not really entrusting his stars to uh, to play many uh, high minute games. But you know Tyler Mott, somebody who I I would have a little bit more of a leash for in categories leagues, as you mentioned, the hits are there, and hopefully he can he can uh, continue the hot streak because this season more than more than usual, I think hot streaks matter because. This is a short year, and so some things we're not going to be able to make sense of because the sample size isn't going to get big enough for us to to make sense of all these players. But no, I agree with you, Tyler Mott. Not somebody you need to have. Um, but another player in Vancouver that a lot of people have added this week following a hat trick earlier, I believe it was Monday night, Brandon Sutter put up three goals. Would you prefer Tyler Mott or Brandon Sutter on your team? I guess it depends on the scoring. If it's a scoring league, give me Sutter, just because I think he's going to have a bit more opportunity. If it's a bangers, give me Mott, because you know he's going to be supplying the hits. Uh, you know, Like you said, he's at a really outstanding rate. I think uh, I'd prefer Mott in both, but that's just me. Yeah, let's uh, move on. Lewis, we are going to be right back talking about a couple of goaltenders you may be looking to add or drop from your roster. You're listening to Keeping Carlson Short Shifts. Like any good team, Hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Keeping Carlson Short Shifts. Lewis, we're going to chat about a couple of goaltenders next. 
Why don't you start us off? All right. So someone that I would certainly be keeping an eye on right now uh, is Kevin Lankinen, uh, who's having a nice run in Chicago right now. Uh, you know, his beginning of his NHL career in that Florida game uh, was pretty rough. Uh, and certainly you would be excused to have tempered your expectations of him uh, after he put up back-to-back starts against Detroit. You know, that's great, but it is Detroit after all. Uh, but on Tuesday night, he faced 42 shots from Nashville and stopped 41, had some real highlight reel material. Um, you know, certainly worth a stream if you're in a 12 to 14 team league, if you're desperate for goalie starts, or if you're in a point league that favors saves. Obviously, in your rate leagues, uh, you might want to be careful. We're dealing with a Chicago goalie. Chicago has shown us that they may be superior to Detroit, but that's not going to be true for a lot of teams in that division. If you're still a person who's holding on to Matt Murray as a goalie who's not going to win many games, but is going to get starts and face lots of shots, you got to get out there and upgrade to Lankanen now before it's too late, don't you think? Yeah, I would definitely be cutting bait in Matt Murray as much as possible. I'm not going to get too, too hot on Kevin Lankanen, though. I mean, like you said, this is uh, the Chicago goaltender after all, and I don't think I'd be surprised whatsoever if by the weekend and you know this this episode is going to come out friday morning if by the end of the weekend everyone's kind of like remember when we were all excited about kevin lankanen that is definitely within the realm of possibilities here yeah that's a good point last episode we talked about matt murray you know just basically being below average on a bad team and so i think lankanen is appealing in that he is at least playing average and he has shown signs of being able to put together games that are above average uh, so I think that should be appealing to you if you are somebody who needs those goalie starts or if you've been looking at, you know, those high volume guys uh, and you're not in a league that values wins all that much. Because despite, you know, being able to beat Detroit and uh, getting that game against the Predators, I don't think we're going to see a lot of W's for Chicago's goalies overall this year. Absolutely. I want to go next over to Florida. And this is somebody who I think you're not going to be adding right away, but somebody who I think you should be keeping your eye on right now is Chris Drieger. Um, last year, he surprised with 12 games. In 12 games, he put up a 938 save percentage, seven wins for a very bad Florida team. He looked by far like their best option as Sergei Bobrovsky cratered under the expectations of his massive contract. And this year, more of the same for Dreger. Uh, the game is still going on, so we're we're sort of cutting in here. But 26 out of 28 saves so far with five minutes left in the third. I am a little bit nervous now that uh, the, the very few Florida Panthers fans that listen to short shifts may hear this and all have jinxed their team in the last few minutes of the game. But uh, he has been outdueling Sergei Bobrovsky in equal starts this far, thus far into the season. Lewis, are you at all concerned if you're a Bobrovsky owner? And would you make the swap at this point? Would you swap out Bobrovsky for Dreger? Uh, well, I think if I'm a Bobrovsky owner, I exist in a nonstop state of alarm. Uh, you know, I, I have been a Bobrovsky owner in the past and I know that feeling. Um, I think with the weight of that contract that you mentioned, he's unlikely to surrender too many games to Dreger because they need to justify it. And he's going to be around for a lot of years still, or at least, you know, on the payroll. Um, so I think Bobrovsky will still get his chances. I can't see it going below maybe a 60, 40, uh, you know, I, I will obviously, as I said, I will eat my words if I am wrong. Um, but I just find it hard to believe that we're going to see uh, enough of Dreger to make him super appealing outside of the occasional stream. 
You can't see him getting better than 60-40. He's got a 931 th- this year, 938 last year. You don't think, you know, nine quality starts out of his 14. You don't think that uh, there's a chance that Chris Dreger takes over? I'm not saying there's not a chance. I just am being kind of a, a if I'm a betting man and I'm being my, my cynical self, uh, I think that, that between management and the coaches, we might be hard-pressed to see him uh, putting up a whole lot more than 40% of the starts. I think that 40% is a good estimate of what his chances are of taking over the Nets. Oh, not okay. what I think will be his uh, his his total role. But if things continue the way that they have been, I just don't know how you justify Florida, a team that has had a, a pretty decent start to the year. They've looked more dangerous than people expected after losing Hoffman and Dodonov. Um, I, I just don't know how you can you can say that you're icing your most competitive team while your your starting goaltender is getting outbattled constantly by his backup. I think you're making some quality points here. I think you may be overestimating the obstinateness of coaching staffs and front offices, but I'll tell you what, I think this will be a fun one to track. Uh, and if Dreger gets forty, you know, fifty percent of the starts here moving forward, uh, I will happily admit my mistake and be very proud of the Florida Panthers for making the right decision, not the, you know, conventional wisdom or the uh, the money decision. Well, I'd, I mean, we're talking about goalies, so I'm not trying to be arrogant enough to think that I know what the mistake or the the right answer is. So much as saying that. I think there's I think that there's a, a scenario here, a, a realistic scenario where he's a legitimate tandem starter at least. Lewis, we have one more goaltender that we want to talk about. Uh why don't you uh why don't you take that one? All right, so we're headed back to Vancouver for one more spin around the ice. Uh Thatcher Demko has won back to back games here. Uh you know, this is a guy who probably should already be owned in your leagues, but um really I think this is for the Holtby owners. A few more solid games that I think Holtby owners need to start. Uh, looking for goalie solutions elsewhere. Hope he's only been able to put up one quality start in his four games and is sitting at a sub 890 save percentage. Uh, he is getting the start here on Thursday night. So, uh, you know, so caveat here that they are playing uh, after we are recording here on Thursday evening. Um, but it is a game against Ottawa. So uh, if Hope can't hold it down against Ottawa, maybe, uh, maybe it is time to start thinking in another direction here with your goalie options. Um, I don't know. Would you be trying to, to shop Holtby to someone who uh, has a little more belief in them? No, because I don't think that anyone has any belief in Braden Holtby anymore. And uh, honestly, the the only issue I take with, with your take there, Lewis, is that you said a few more solid games from Demko and the Holtby owners should be worried. The Holtby owners should be worried. Holtby has been god-awful. And I was somebody who, coming into the season, thought that he was getting a little undervalued. I thought potentially a change in scenery could allow him to have uh, a bit of a career renaissance. And that has not been the case behind what has been a truly, truly uh, Northern Division-esque defense in, <laughs> in Vancouver, which, of course, they have a Northern Division-esque defense. But maybe the uh, maybe the uh, Northern defense yeah, really helping us uh, uh, at least get one team that's proven our stereotype the way we were sort of assuming things would turn out. I don't think they're the only one. They are just maybe the most uh, blatant example. But yeah, exactly. Uh, Holpi owners should already be worried. I would be, I think I would dump Holpi before I dump Matt Murray, because at least with Matt Murray, you're getting volume. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a good point. Yeah, I think we're looking at, at Holpi as 
you know, likely to be kind of a, a one third at best kind of guy. And that's not someone who's really worth rostering. So, um, yeah, I think we are we are heading into uh, the days of the end of days of Braden Holtby being a uh, highly successful starting goalie here. All right, Lewis, we have one more player to talk about tonight. And this is somebody who you just spent a few bucks on in the Keeping Carlson Tier 1 uh, free agency acquisition budget. Why don't you talk about our last player here for us? All right, so I want to touch on James Van Riemsdyk over in Philadelphia. Uh, he had four goals in his last two games before this evening. As of right now, he has been held scoreless, but he is holding on to the deployment that I found really interesting uh, when I did make that fab bid to pick him up. Um, what I really like about what we're seeing from his deployment right now is at even strength, the second and third lines have been pretty identical. So uh, his line is getting about as much time as the Farabee, Lindblom, Lawton line, uh, but he's holding on to a tidy 63% of power play time on ice. Uh, and had two power play goals uh, in the most recent game before here on Thursday. Um, I had added and dropped him as a streamer earlier in the season, um, but dropped some fab to get him back because I really like this deployment right now. Um, That Philadelphia power play has been hot, even though he hasn't been able to pull it off here. Um, And I think if you're, you know, looking around at some of the kind of bubble players that I was seeing, if you're still holding like a Keller or an Eberle, or a Farabee, uh, any of those guys, any of those type of guys, I would swap out for JBR as long as he's getting this decent even strength deployment and the really nice big power play minutes. I'm with you there. That's a, I was at first kind of thinking I was going to be a little bit more of a humbug on this one just because we've seen what JVR can do in spurts and then we've seen him cool off since joining Philadelphia. But no, I think that that's exactly a tier. A lot of people are going to have snoozers on the roster at this time of the year, a few weeks after the draft. And, and that's the sort of streamer who I think, you know, is going to be, is going to put up some decent shot totals. So he has a nice floor for you. And yeah, I think that that's a good target for a lot of teams. Yeah, I think he put seven shots on goal during that two power play goal game. So if he can give you one of those every few games, you're going to feel pretty good about yourself uh, picking a guy like that up. And I appreciate, I like that, uh, you know, you said you were going to go a little more humbug on him. I, I thought I was uh, being a little more moderate with my Holtby take and that you might like that. But uh, <laughs> clearly you are way over on Holtby. So uh, it's good. It's interesting to see kind of how your perspective has changed. And I think with good reason. Uh, so yeah, another uh, another interesting delve into your thinking about some of these key players here, Ben. Always a pleasure. Well, so maybe I, you know, I talked about this the other night, how it's tough to draw conclusions on players this early in the season, especially those on new teams. But I don't know, we've we've seen a few years of Holtby struggling. So that one seems to me like an easy call. Yeah, I think you're right there. And and I think the other thing, too, with Holby is if you cut bait, everyone is low enough that he's probably there waiting for you as, lo- as long as you're keeping your eye on the, the Vancouver score sheets and, and how things are going over there. But yeah, I think that that's kind of the key, right, is just to know if you are cutting bait on somebody and you're worried about having that feeling of FOMO if they start to pop off again. A guy like Holpe or a goaltender that has a few years now of of a bad reputation, you may be able to wait on them and you may be able to to sort of snipe them off the wire if they do turn it around. Yeah, absolutely. Good advice. I like it. All right. Well, Lewis, why don't we sign out of here from myself? I want to thank everyone for listening. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Uh, looking forward, obviously, to a great big weekend show from Brian and Elon. Uh, please make sure to follow the whole Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast family, ourselves at Short Shifts KK. Uh, 
the boys Elon and Brian at Keeping Carlson, uh, at Davy Betts to get the stream scheme. And we've got some new exciting stuff coming down the pipeline for uh, our patrons, uh, including some really cool stuff having to do with the cupful and keeping stats and that sort of thing. So uh, hold on to that. Um, I'll let I'll let Brian and Elon do the honors, but stay tuned Sunday for some uh, announcements there. Of course, for our research, we want to thank Frozen Tools, Yahoo, and Natural Stat Check, uh, Pat Roach for our music, and all of you for coming to listen. Until we see you next week, play smart and keep your shifts short. <laughs>